Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is your official Mission Zach spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Freak, the 1997... 98. 98, 97, 97, 97, the live show was yeah. probably 97. The film was 98, maybe. Anyway, the 1998 <laughs> um, uh, HBO comedy special Freak, mm. starring John Leguizamo. 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 <laughs> um, then I watch it before you listen to this. Peace. I hate the word. I Hello friends and welcome to the Mish and Zach Leguizama Rama Extravaganza. Love that. Thank you. Uh, this is a podcast where each week two fuckface fuckheads get together, have a chat about something John Leguizama has been involved in. Maybe a little bit, or maybe full throttle involved, both hands in the pie. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, this is a double fisted pie. If, 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 um, if every project that John Leguizamo was in was an apple pie, mm. sometimes he's the cinnamon. Yeah. Sometimes he's the pinch of salt. Yeah. Sometimes he's the, um, oh, did you really add? Walnuts. Walnuts. I didn't even yeah. notice. And then other times, he's the apple, he's the butter, he's the flour, he's, he's the, the goddamn dish. Yeah, he's the full-blown deep dish apple pie. And that's that's today. That's today. Um, my name's Mish. I uh, reckon you guys might know me from... From not from being from from not really being that big of a freak, if I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest, uh, and you can take with that what you will. And I'm joined as always by my freaky little friend <laughs> uh, Zach T. Ruaney, uh, who you might know from. I'm being a lot more of a freak than you would think. You don't believe that? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know what's going on in this brain, Mish Witchrup. Why are you thirst trapping? <laughs> With your voice. Uh-huh. You've gone full sexy. <laughs> well, because that's because we're in the studio for the first time it after is a nice. big lockdown. And, and this microphone is a lot better than my one at home. This, honestly, coming back into the studio does make me, like, a little bit wet. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just the lack of room tone right now. I know. It's crazy. I can hear my spit. <laughs> I can hear the spit in my mouth. I just, oh. It's, it's just nice to be back, everybody. It's been a long time. If you're a, if you're a dedicated listener to the Leguizamarama podcast, the last what three months? Yeah, have all been over Zoom, and mm-hmm. it's been firstly hard for us. Mm-hmm. Secondly, hard for you, the listener. Mm. But thirdly, hard for Tom, who edits these podcasts, who mm-hmm. has to deal with our shocking over Zoom audio. So, big shout out 
to Thomas Armstrong right now. We're back, baby. Your job just got a little bit easier, but you're still working with us fucking idiots. So That's it. That's it. Like, we're still going to be sending you messages at midnight going, oh, I forgot, but can you cut that point where I, I do libel on four people we know? <laughs> oh, whoops. whoops. I doxed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the fun oh, little fact, fun little fact for uh for uh now I reckon maybe maybe close to ten listeners. Oh wow, yeah, we are we are growing here. Yeah. Um, we have now ten listeners. Yeah, we should have like a little ten listener party. No, I'd love. <laughs> That. I'm just a little uh, little insight behind the scenes. I wow. reckon I dox myself about three or four times per ep, and the reason you guys don't know exactly where I live is because of Thomas Armstrong. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Um, no, this is so. You might not notice. Maybe you're someone who doesn't really like no, listen to the minutia of the sound or whatever. But I can't express to you. You know how sometimes you know for a year there, every podcast was a bit awkward. Yeah. That's Zoom. That's because of Zoom. That's because of Zoom. Yeah, there's a lot of like, uh, 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 oh, no, you uh, go. Yeah. You go. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. You fro- uh, frozen. Oh. And like a quick little um, interruption, like, hey, while you're on this rant, mm. I'm just going to quickly jump in and like make a little funny quip and then step back out and not ruin the flow. That doesn't happen on Zoom. No. I feel like it's like, can I just say this thing? And it's like, yeah, but first this. And it's like, oh. Um, but now that we're in the room together, now that we're in the room together, Zach and I can just interrupt each other by getting louder and louder. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. It starts like this. It ends like this, bitch. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm quite enjoying your little ASMR talkback radio voice. I um, I, I should do it more. It's Hi, nice. Everybody. Yeah, maybe maybe I need to move into... Uh, it's Richard Mercer. It's definitely Richard Mercer's own. It's my, uh, you know, I always wanted to do graveyard radio. That was oh. one of the things I wanted to do. Hey, how are we today? Give us a call. Um, that was always my... You are Dave Callan. <laughs> that was always my childhood <laughs> dream. Was No, childhood, like teenage dream was just like sitting in a fucking radio booth on my own at 1am. Give us a call and here is... Because it was 2005. Mm. Here is The Strokes' third album. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was pretty good. Here's Franz Ferdinand. (laughs) Here's Sex on Fire, Kings of Leon. Um, (laughs) Are you still a night person? Uh, Or are you more of a morning person now? Because I'll say, Mm. as I I edge towards 50, Mm -hmm. I've become a morning person and I never used to be. And I would say, arguably, Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, that most people in the arts tend to be night people because that's when they work. (laughs) Like your work tends to happen at night. But, no, I'm much more of a morning person now. Like I'm – oh, I'm seeing some friends tonight for the first time in ages and um, I was genuinely like – I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see everybody. And then I was like, oh, my God, I get to wear makeup. That'll be a bit of fun. And then my third thought was like when can I leave Mm -hmm. because I'll be tired, be sleepy girl. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, isn't it, because we've like been in like – pandemic times for like two years and a lot of people are like um oh wow I feel so different it's like also you like maybe just cross that bridge Mm -hmm. and maybe in that two years you went from 26 to 28 yeah and now you just don't want to go out like that that might have just happened for some people yeah that's a very very good chance for me it was like when I hit my 30s Mm-hmm. Like it really was like this turning point of like I became a morning person who likes to have coffee catch-ups with friends at 10 a.m. Yeah, I feel that. On my day off. I Look, it's really hard for me to say. I feel like I'm in like a transitionary phase where I'm like 
discovering the mornings for the first time. That's cute. You know what I mean? I'm discovering the mornings, but I don't yet know if I'm a morning person. I think I might be going a little too hard down that path and I might actually course correct a little bit and realise where I fall. I think I'm a morning person. I think I prefer to do worky things in the morning. Like I think I'm like if if I'm going to be meeting with someone or if I'm going to be like, you know, like working on something with someone or writing something with someone, I prefer to do it in the morning. Yeah. Like that. that is, that is my time. But then in terms of like if I was working on something on my own, I still haven't like found my sweet spot yet. I, it used to yeah. be that I was writing at like 2 a.m. Yeah, see, outside of performance, mm-hmm. um, once I've filled my tum with dinner, nothing productive comes out All of right, me. All right, yeah. Nothing at all. There are times where, like, well, for most of my youth, that was the only time I was productive. Was mm. like, well, that's why from I asked when we onwards. when we lived together, you were very much a night person. Yeah. Like less. I think like I couldn't tell you if I'm a morning person now so much as I now can do something during the day. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like I'm a morning person now. I was like, no, maybe you've just learned how to do things during the day. Yeah, well, because you're not you don't have goon running through your veins. Yes, like from uni days. Yes. No. No. So I I I I I don't know. I don't know where my sweet spot is yet creatively. Mm. Um, but I think it's earlier than 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's afternoon. I think because it's the thing as well, isn't it? Like creativity is very different to like worky work. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think like I don't know. Like I think sometimes it, it's 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 also kind of I'm a bit of a when it strikes me person as well. Mm. Like I I realized the other day I, if I ever want to write something on my own, which is rare, I like to do things with other people. But if I ever wanted to do something on my own, it's like I think I need to take a week off. Mm. Because I need, like, two days of just, like, not doing anything and then I need these, like, bursts whenever they come. Yeah. And I need to just give myself the space to do that. It's a nice little bit of insight into you, Zach. Well, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, you know how you and I have got a lot of similarities? hmm I just realised we've got one that we don't have in common. I prefer to write alone. Yes. Like, I mean, that being, like, it's not because I don't, like, I prefer usually to work with people. But when it comes to writing, I think I'm still probably like, so like, I don't think I know what I'm doing, that I don't know how confident I would be sitting next to somebody who's a very good writer. It depends. Like, I, I like, I'm a big, I really like with like comedy to write with someone. Yeah. Because you're riffing. But, but. I also, like, think that I'm trying to teach myself to write on, on my own. I've never been one that liked to do that and I've never been one that has done it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm trying very badly to, like, teach myself to do that. It's very therapeutic. Yeah. For me, for me, like, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I, 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 I just say that, honestly, this last 45 seconds I forgot we were recording. <laughs> Yeah. I genuinely, then I looked over and I see all the audio equipment. I was like, oh, fuck. There are people listening to me being like, I don't like to write with other people. I like to write uh, with other people. I like to collaborate. <laughs> I don't really like to do that. I think I would if I had my confidence. I just think it's like, you know, uh, there's a privilege to writing alone. <laughs> you know, there's a privilege to that. Yeah, that means you have a spice. Um, I'd like to think myself as a bit sparser. Hey, how much better is it being in a room? Hey, just strike the last <laughs> year of podcasts. 
Yeah, do you have to listen to any of those oh, ones? Fuck oh, no, that. we did. Except the Jen Fricker one was very that funny. That was great. That was a vibe. No, and all the guests, love the guests. But <laughs> but Jen Fricker, how great was Jen Fricker? <laughs> there was this general like vibe of like, that was some good shit. That's like, well, we can't get Jen every week. <laughs> You're just going to have to deal with us every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, everyone loved that so much. They were just like, hey, got to get Jen back on. It was like, I think you've. What you've what, what you want to do is listen done, to Jen's podcast. What you've all just done is is realize that there are better podcasters. podcasters. Yeah. Well, you think that that's just Jen when she's with us. Jen is a professional, has her own podcast. Go listen to Jen. You, go listen to that. You, you want more of that? That's all Jen, baby. It's got none. This is what you get. Jen does lots of good stuff away from us. <laughs> What you need to do is just listen to other podcasts. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah. What were we talking about? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, no, good time. Anyway, yeah, writing alone, writing together. I'm trying to learn how to write alone. I'm trying to learn how to do that, and we'll see how it goes. I've had to because I'm currently, ooh, plug, I'm writing my show. Yeah. My, my little one woman, it's a theatre piece. It's okay. You're directing it. Yes, I am. Um, it's for, good that we're for the, talking about a one-person show. One yeah, well, show. Sh- wait, wait. Should you read the blurb first? Then well, it doesn't exist, but sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mish said to me before she was like, "You're on blurb, by the way," and I was like, "Oh no." But um, um, I can I just say me, there's a Wikipedia. Oh wait, no, read the wiki first. What were you going to say? No, because it's about freak. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do this. Oh wait, firstly, firstly, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's no, fine. Um, quick reminder mm-hmm. that we're having a '90s moment. At the moment. You know what I mean? Like we're watching and listening to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're... Why did you just look at me like you forgot who I was? <laughs> I thought you were saying like we're having a 90s moment. So like... We're 90 years so old. So the pants won't be as tight as the two mid-2000s? Oh, <laughs> like okay. No, no, no. Show. I mean like within the Leguizamarama this realm. Is, this is all part of our um, 90s, 90s study. season um, where we're, we're digging in trying to find out. You know, you're listening. Yeah, it's a Leguizance. The Leguizance. We'll get there. I think we're just going to talk about this one and then fold it in because we're going to do a podcast in a few weeks here yeah, where we kind of Reflect. lay it all out and, mm. and, and redefine mm. um, whether the sexy Luigi is the right categorization. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Freak is a 1998 film directed by Spike Lee. The film is a live performance of John Leguizamo's 1998 one-man show on Broadway of the same name. Wait, let me just click, quickly click on this. Um, which was directed by... Ah, oh shit. Um, David Barr. Cats. David Barr Cats. <laughs> and co-written by him as well. Oh, really? Leguizamo's show was semi-autobiographical as he would talk about many aspects of his life. In the performance piece, he also talks about family members such as his parents, grandparents, uncle and his younger brother and plays them as well. The film premiered on HBO. A little bit of ad-lib. I want one sentence of ad-lib. John Leguizamo plays the part of John Leguizamo 
and everyone else mm. in a um, uh, oh, what's the word? Like a Extra- no, uh, like I'm thinking piece de resistance, but that's wrong. Like a like a um, you know where it's like homage. A, no, like where it's a a masterclass, like a, that sort of. But it's a French word in that realm. And in a masterclass, say of, it in a French accent. Masterclass <laughs> of. A master class of... Not um, your greatest accent work there, Zachary. Oh, well, I can do the French accent. I just need a minute oh, to okay. settle into now it. Now say masterclass. A masterclass. There we it's are. It's an hard word to say, you know. It's, uh, and also You're going French... South African a minute. No, no, always the French accent is very hard to do. It's uh, very hard. <laughs> hard. Hard. Um, hard. It is very hard. Um, but, you hard. know, he plays lots of characters as a one-man show. Um, Let's chat. And may I say... Uh, I thought it was just great. Fucking loved it. So, so um, Zach's been choosing the last few uh, films, which is why we've done some really big ones and now I'm nervous because we're going to have like a weird period. It's also because we're like out. Like the 90s, the only stuff left are ones that I have sp- a specific idea of what guests I want on with it. Yep. And um, the biggest of the big and uh, – yeah. Things we cannot. Moulin Rouge was two thousand, wasn't it? Yeah, one um, or even. One so or two. Zach was like, "Let's do one of his one man shows." I said, "I'd love, sure, why not?" Because I don't, I don't know much about them. And then he was like, "Well, we'll do Freak." I'm like, "Cool." Um, I will. I can say with quite a bit of confidence now, having watched something close to what seventy five John Leguizamo uh, bits and pieces, I have generally speaking preferred his dramatic performances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that John Leguizamo is a phenomenal dramatic actor, one of the best. Like mm-hmm. one of the best working actors at the moment. Imagine if you didn't think that. What a fucking stupid oh my podcast God. Yeah, why would I get on board? Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch a bit of his comedy, whatever. Um, and so I put it on during the day yesterday while I was cleaning because I'm like I can just listen to, mm-hmm. to his stand-up. And I ended up within five minutes of it being on, I ended up sitting on my couch and just watching the whole thing. I thought it was great. Yeah. Truthfully, very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Like it was one of those And like, funny. Yeah. And funny. And I'll be honest, like I, I didn't know what to expect and I thought that I'm like, well, it makes fucking sense. And this was nominated, this um, special. I think it won an Emmy. It won an Emmy and it was nominated for a bunch of Tonys. Yeah, right, yeah. For best best show. Yeah, um, yeah. And it makes perfect sense. I think it is so good. Um, you can rent it on YouTube. I don't know if it's av- – in Australia it's not available on any of the streaming platforms, but you can rent it or buy it on YouTube and that's how Zach and I watched it. Fully go watch this. Go watch this. Like stop listening now. Go watch this. It's like I, – I, I don't want to go too far into it. Obviously it's a comedy from before – five years ago so that, you know, if you're easily offended by things, like you do have to put it into a time and place. But it's only moments and 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 overall I think it's just like I'm just saying that if, you, if you're that way. But <laughs> if, broadly speaking, it's a fucking great show. Yeah, like you put it, like Jack said, put it in its place. There are some things that make you go, oh, come on, in the year of 2021. But in the mid to late 90s, it was all fairly passable, I suppose. But that wasn't the – those things weren't the the standout of this show for me. Like I thought, especially for people who study John Leguizamo, 
like Zach and I, what a fucking great little insight into his life mm. and his upbringing and where he's come from and all of that. I just thought I just thought it was so well done. And I have a real thing for one man shows, one woman shows, one person shows. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy them. When they're done well, a person's ability to hold and it was an hour and a half. This wasn't like a 45 minute No. Not even an hour, it's an hour and a half. Two um, I'm assuming it was act 1 and act 2 with an interval because there was that weird break where he changed costumes and stuff. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize that. No, um, I did realise he changed costumes, but I didn't re- realise that that was uh, an interval. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, right, wrong. The ability for one single person to hold an audience yeah. for that long is a feat and it's it's not easy and when it's done well, it is so good. And I thought he – actually, you said the word a couple of weeks ago, I think, in the All That episode of the podcast. <laughs> you just And I'd never thought to describe him this way, but I think it's perfect. He is really such a fearless actor mm. and fearless performer. He never half-asks anything and it was just really great to watch. I really enjoyed it. I'm yeah. being incredibly earnest. No, no, same. Same yeah. as you, Mish messaged me and was like, hey, don't watch this in one and a half speed. Yeah. If you, if you can watch it at normal speed, I recommend it, which we don't tell each other if we like things or not, but yeah. that's as sure of a sign that it's either going to be good or like really like full on. Yeah. You, you tell me those two things, but I'm so glad you did it because I probably would have like not one and a half speed, but like. Oh, like I have to do other things. Have yeah. to, you know. And I'm really glad I just gave myself the space to watch it. Well, ever it was since probably you, good. Ever yeah. since I didn't tell you not to watch Revenge in one and a half speed, and then I came into the studio and you were watching the movie Revenge in one and a half speed, <laughs> uh, which is an incredibly violent, <laughs> full on film. Uh, I figured it was worth. Well, because it's know. like like your your thing is like yeah, cleaning while it's on, and my thing is like one and a half speed yeah. while it's on, and and I'm just glad I didn't for have I wasn't in a position where I had to watch this because it's just really good yeah. and the ending was really beautiful it all came together so well Spike Lee yeah directed it I know um which made me like that's why I was like really intrigued and excited by it um but fucking really good really like subtle touches yeah. um in, like, but it was filmed so well, and that's oh. the thing people forget about film specials. Oh, it was, f- you, and Donna does it very well. I'll just say, like, uh, when you, have we I'm done a, that? what I'm about to say, oh, right. um, is the use of space and the use of the theatre that he was in. And oh, there no, was, a, we don't know, no, but you, no, you do, you go out and you do, I've seen it, yeah. Um, but no, he, there was no like fancy props, there was great lighting, there was no fancy props or set. What there was, though, was use of the space that they were in. And it was done so well. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know, like I've, I think it's been so long since I've seen live theatre. I've forgotten how much I love theatre. Like, but even like, but that's the, yeah, I fully agree with you on that. And it's a, But it's also just this thing that like, and I won't go too far into this because this is a bit like, a um, bit more like inside baseball. This is a conversation between two people who do this for a job. Not, not for it. <laughs> but like, um the way it's filmed, I think so often people can get in a trap where they just think like specials are just about like capturing it. Mm. But like the, the way it's, the, there's these moments where he's out of focus. Yeah. Like they haven't blocked it for the camera. It doesn't feel like they've lit it for the camera. There's times where he's really like lit so mm. inc- like dark and like it just feels really like impromptu and like. 
Like there's a moment where he like nearly bumps into the cameraman and yeah. like it's all in it. Like it feels so – like there's just so much that's like it's so raw and so it has the energy. Yeah. It has the energy that I think the show had, which is this raw – it's it's one of the best filmed specials I've ever seen. Like the way that it was oh, yeah. filmed was incredible. And that final shot. Yeah, 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 but like, go watch it. But (laughs) that final, spoiled. We've we said spoiler warning. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's one shot that like where it's all kind of it's well done if you do this sort of thing. Like you go, oh, that's an interesting way they're shooting this. But if you're a general audience, it's just capturing a show. And then there's one sort of like point. There's one shot right at the end. That's that's a filmic moment. It's it's acknowledges that you're watching a film thing. It's a single shot that's, yeah, for the viewer, for the camera, for the viewer, yeah. not for the audience that is there. Yeah. And it's just like it fucking hits you so hard. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really so a cool good. moment. It's um, it's so, like, well played. Like Incredible. Um. It was, but also like like Zach said in his um, very very well prepared blurb. That was um, Wikipedia. That was the Wikipedia page. <laughs> is it's the cool. story of John Leguizamo's life growing up. So it the it starts with birth. Literally starts with birth. He says, very, it was a very funny line. He was like, "I was born in Latin America because that's where my mum was." <laughs> very funny. Um, uh, so that's where the show starts, and it ends when he gets his first acting gig. Yeah. So it's this span of his growing up to what I believe is like the early, his like early, late teens, early 20s. Mm. And it was just so interesting to see how he got into acting because, again, we've been studying him. So I think it's fair to say that in terms of the his fan base, Zach and I might be quite big fans. Mm. Now, we have a podcast about John Leguizamo. You know what I mean? It's going to be crazy that we'll have watched everything he's ever done. That we can access. That we can. But eventually we'll get there. Just the last stretch of this. I think eventually. I'd love think, to do this for one more year. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get to a point where we, like, stop and then just when it comes on, we yeah. just add it to the RSS. Yeah. RSS. Like, we just add it to the feed. Like, yeah. oh, we found this. So here we are 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that, like, firstly, he didn't grow up with a hell of a lot of privilege, this guy. He didn't have, like, the world's greatest acting coaches or, like, uh, like all that kind of shit. He, he's just obviously naturally an incredibly good performer and it was that concept of, like, he got through his childhood by adjusting and learning how to kind of deal with these different groups, which probably really helped in his ability to be such an incredible performer. Do you know mm, what I'm saying? 100%. Yeah. It was just this really incredible insight into John Leguizamo and it was really cool for us because we're so obsessed with him, but there isn't as much access to information about John's life like there is for a Leonardo DiCaprio and mm. stuff like that. I don't know about John's dating history or what schools he went to. or And also you know, we're so stuff. busy watching every fucking Ice Age movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never find the time to like sit Research down and read him. Autobiography um, or anything. But if you're a John Leguizamo fan, or if you're like, why does Zach and Mish love this guy so much? Watch Freak. Watch it because it is a real, not only an interesting insight into John Leguizamo, but really, really, really interesting insight into how somebody would get into how they get where they came from to how they got to where he is. And yeah, it's just and it's just, and also it sounds very much like he didn't like have to put in all the legwork that a lot of people did. The first acting gig he ever got was with Lee Strasberg, who is like a incredible practitioner. Practitioner? 
But you know that, like, this is the thing, right? So the story's quite heightened. It's like it's semi-autobiographical. But remember that interview we watched where, because in this this play he's like, I did an audition and then he died immediately. And it's like played as this, like, moment he died on. But it's like, you remember that interview where he literally did die that night. Yeah, like, so I did, he did one class with Lee Strasberg. A fun yeah. bit of John Leguizamo trivia is that he was possibly the last person Lee Strasberg ever taught. That's funny. Is John Leguizamo. Lee Strasberg is the method guy. Mm. So all the all the all the um, yeah. of of male actors of the last fifty years is Lee Strasberg. That's all Lee, baby. <laughs> so that's it's probably good that he didn't get taught by Lee because he would have made him all like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm John Leguizamo. Now he's like, oh. <laughs> um, I just thought it was also just it's just a. It's like it's also just a really good show, and it's very beautiful, and like it's one of those ones that like maybe we'll go into it, and may- it it's just got so much, and it it's I I love a show that's not all surface. It doesn't like it doesn't. There are things in it where it's like it's there, like it plays comedic. Mm-hmm. There are moments in the show that play comedic that are just funny moments, and he doesn't comment on them, and he doesn't like step out of it and analyse it. He just tells the story. There's all these moments and then it all kind of it comes together, not just in the end, like it does come together in the end, but it also just paints a portrait through little moments. Mm. Like I love a show that's you can take so much from it and like mm. it's just really fucking good. He so does good. great voices as well, like his um, California surfer dude. Oh, so good. So funny. So funny. Like, so good. Yeah, he's very. He does some accents again, questionable. But there is very good. <laughs> but the one the, that's the thing, right? So, like, I was like, oh god, I don't know how I'm going to talk about that yeah. accent. You can't do that accent. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I could talk about that one. Yeah, <laughs> and it's phenomenal. Yeah, the white surfer dude guy, very funny. That <laughs> <laughs> was very funny. Um, I cried twice. Yeah, I'm a weepy bitch. Like, I'll. I, <laughs> I cry a lot. Like if I'm in the mood to a cry. Weepy bitch. I'm what a weepy way, bitch. What a what a funny way to put it. <laughs> no, I am. I'm a weepy bitch. But um I really like really good theatre will make me cry. Yeah, like yeah, it, it just will. Like it's why I like theatre. I love theatre. And I cried twice. And one of the times I cried was um when he was talking about when he was he was young and he was he would go to second that's only the second acts of different oh theatre shows God. with his uncle who was this deaf guy. There's also very funny stuff in that as well. But um and he would sneak in at the second act and watch uh, a bunch of Broadway shows because they wouldn't pay for tickets. But once you, intermission happens, people just kind of go back to their seats. No one checks anything. So he'd go and see different shows. And he uh, remembered sitting and watching a chorus line. And there's mm. a character in the chorus line called Diana Morales, who is a Latin American dancer um, who is this phenomenal performer. And in the movie, when I was young, I was obsessed with her that character, by the way, like obsessed with that movie. A Chorus Line was like that and Annie were <laughs> my favourite musicals. Um, and it was just this really beautiful moment where he was talking about it was the first time he'd ever seen a Latin performer that wasn't depicted as a junkie mm. or as a bad guy or as a sex worker. <laughs> And it was, I, and I cried then because it was just so beautifully. And it was like he was acting like an eight-year-old, mm. and he just did it so fucking well. Like the concept of seeing someone, he's so good, Zach. We should do a podcast about him. <laughs> and then I cried at the end because I was, I was so like, because 
ridiculously enough, I was so proud of him. Yeah. Does that sound stupid? No, no. I um, I the the ending really, really affected me. I like that moment that you're talking about was phenomenal, and it mm. was one of those ones. It it. I remember seeing Nanette when I saw Nanette. Yeah. Um, I think I've talked about, but like live. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 In Hollywood, California, which was actually a very powerful place to see that show because there were like people in the audience, and there's certain themes in that show. Yeah. That there were people, like I had seen people in the foyer that I was like, and then I was sitting there and she's talking about certain mm. things like power and all of that. Mm. And I was like, fuck, this is an audience that like. I would have loved to have seen that show live. Gets that. Uh, it, it was like, it was uh, so that, yeah, I, I, I it breaks my heart. I hope that. Someone filmed it at that point because it was a, quite a different show to the one that was the special. And the special is incredible, but uh, I hope someone filmed it and I hope it's there. I hope it exists, that version of it, because, um, it, yeah, it was it, the film version is incredible, but the thing, the one I saw and being in the room and all of that. Yeah. Um, but there's moments in that show where it's just like intense empathy. Yeah. Like where it's like, where you go, um, where it's like, you know, and people love to pick that show apart, like, like uh, you know, and be like, oh, but... There's not even comedy. You can't call it comedy. And it's like... That is literally... Anyone who doesn't like Nanette, truthfully, this is true, has that voice. <laughs> no one's ever been like, I just wasn't really a very big fan of Nanette. <laughs> Like, no one ever says that. It's always just like, I don't even like it, though. And that's, like, that's fine, whatever. Yeah, you you're entitled like to you your opinion, to... you fuckhead. No, it genuinely it's fine if you didn't like it, but it's like, um, also, like, I think everyone, everyone everywhere should stop invalidating other people's um, emotional, personal reaction to 100%. Art. Like, if someone responds to something... Mm. That's their response, and you can't be like objectively. You're wrong. It's oh, like I have a story. I have a story. Oh yeah, cool. But, but, oh, yeah. No, go. Sorry, go, go, go. <laughs> no, I just. It was just. Um, I'm about to be like. Can you shut up for a second? I want to talk about the moment I realised that men talk over women too. Much. <laughs> uh, no, just, just, just this sense of like intense empathy and I remember like that's for me what that show was about like mm. I can read essays I can read articles I can I can like learn about stats and figures I can find nuance elsewhere when I watched that show what I needed to hear as a man like this is how it feels and you'll never know I'll never know mm. truly but in that room I was like I felt it I felt like I I, I felt empathy yeah. In a really powerful way. And there were moments in this show mm. that I felt empathy. I was like, I I can't imagine how hard it would be to never see yourself in art. Yeah. And I know that there's bigger things and we can go down that. But it's like, let's talk intellectually about that shit another time. Mm. When art is great, you feel empathy. And then... The ending, I got really choked up because it's like exactly the same thing. It's then it becomes a work about empathy. Like it becomes a mm. show where he talks about the empathy for a father who was a fucking prick. Yeah. A, about his own empathy. Empathy towards and, his dad, yeah. And you go, and it's like, it's just so beautiful. And the, it's so subtly done with the filming and it's just like so profoundly beautiful. It's like we can talk about 
you know, we can do essays and we can do studies and we can do conversations and debates about like the dad and, and, but like sometimes you also just need to feel empathy mm-hmm. before you can go down that path. And I just thought it was so, yeah, I, I, I was just sitting there like the same. I was like, like just what, I'm, I didn't cry, but I was just like, oh. <laughs> no, but, honestly, what you just said, mate, you made, that's such a fucking good point. Like yeah. that's exactly, that's exactly what it was. And like there, it was literally a perfect example of storytelling. It wasn't mm. self-indulgent. It wasn't this kind of like, it was It was just like, I'm going to tell you my story and this is how I'm doing it. And it was just so, so well done. It could have so easily been self-indulgent. 100%. It could have been. It's what I worry. It's, that's, I, I worry about it as a writer. Yeah. I worry that my my work will be seen that way and that I haven't earned I haven't earned that response. I haven't earned that empathy response or sympathy response or um or even just a well done response to my story. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um so I'm trying to get my head around that, but when it's done the way that this show was done and so many, you should go out and see it. You should go see see some art. Um but it's not going to be as good as this. No, it won't be These as good as this. These ones are rare. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Don't offer the it's done happen. Although, come Melbourne International Comedy Festival, come to mind. <laughs> we'll plug your show. <laughs> we'll plug it in January, mate. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I forgot what I was saying. I was just anyway. I just think that it is a perfectly well done. Yeah, no, no, but about like um, how yeah, it was really good. It was, I, oh, oh it, not self-indulgent. I totally yeah. agree. I was like, oh, how's this show about that's all about him and becoming an actor and mm. his relationship with his dad? Like it, it's a real thing of like you can very easily just be selfish and be, right. not even selfish, just like this is my story and yeah. then like as an audience you're like, okay. But that's where empathy comes into play. It's like why is he telling this? He, he's telling He's using his personal story as a vessel, but he's telling a bigger story. Yes, that's exactly right. Like the narrative is semi-autobiographical, but the story is very, if not universal, that's where I come to empathy. Like Mm. it's not my story, but it's a story that I really appreciated hearing. What were you going to say about um, Nanette, people telling you objective? I said, oh, Okay, well, the time has passed. No, no, but we'll come so, back to it. That's why I was um, like, you know, now, now, it's, now the floor is yours. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big, big believer in art is obviously relative, like something I can have a reaction to, you might not. Yeah. And that you have no right, like exactly what you just said previously, you have no right to tell a person how they should or should not react to something. Mm. And you need to be prepared to, like, okay, so for example, um, I've, I've, my show, The Hitmen, went on a few years ago, like about four years ago and then again two years ago. Four years ago I thought I had a full-blown comedy and I didn't get a lot of laughs. People still like the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But Thank it you. wasn't It Thank wasn't this raucous comedy that I thought it was going to be and people still liked it because the writing was sick or whatever. Needed an edit and so I'd edit it and then it was a better show. But still, um, it, that was a big learning curve for me because I was like, okay, you can't tell people how they're supposed to react. I can't make a person laugh or I can't make a person cry or feel something. I remember really clearly at uni, (laughs) I was in third year, so which is our final year of university, and we went and watched the first year's uh, musical theatre, like 
performance thing, which was like a series of different songs from a whole bunch of different musicals from God knows when. Oh, my goodness. Whatever. They were wearing really long skirts and they were all doing like maypole dancing and stuff. And there was this song from a musical, which I'm assuming would have been in like the 40s or 50s. If you know what I'm talking about, please send me a DM because I want to find the song. It was a song called That Was A Very Nice Clam Bake. And it was an entire song about clam bakes, (laughs) the entire song. And I was pissing myself. (laughs) They sung it beautifully. They performed it beautifully. But it was fucking funny. Like it was properly fucking funny. So I was laughing. Like myself and my friend were, were laughing at the song. And then the next day I got called into uh, one of the director's, the director pulled me out of a voice class or something and was like, uh, I just wanted to let you know how disappointed we were in your, um, in your display as an audience member for our first years. And I lost my mind. I can imagine. I was like, who the fuck? And then I remember I went and told my voice teacher and she was like, that's fucking ridiculous. That's so funny. Oh, and I was like, you, you had a bunch of 18-year-olds singing about how enjoyable clam bakes are. It was fucking, and I, I lost it. I was like, it was funny. You do not have the right. They were wonderful. I told them all they were wonderful. When they came out after, I was like, that was fucking amazing. It was so funny. Like that, you have no right. Anyway, I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that yeah. moment. I think I got so angry I cried. I was like yelling and crying. Like you don't get to tell me I can't was laugh. That at them or were you like okay? And then you no were at like, them. Oh wow. Yeah, at them. Wow. Yeah. That's not. That's not what I would. I would be like okay. No, I was so. I, I had a hard week. <laughs> but like, I I was so mad. Anyway, that's probably a shitty story for anybody else who's. No, no, I think it's great. Mm. I think it's a great story. I just think it's like. Look, it's one of those things. It's like I think what we do, sometimes you have to analyse things and go what did and didn't work for you and you got to do all of that. But you can't then take that and say, oh, you're wrong for liking it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... And I'm sorry, anyone who doesn't laugh at a song that goes, that was the very nice clam bake, is a f- is dead inside. That is the, f- like, you, I, I'm currently trying to write a show that you guys should come and see at Comedy Festival. You need to stop. <laughs> this is not how you do it. All right, I'm sorry, I'm learning. Um, but I wish I could write comedy that good. I wish I'd thought of that song. If I had thought of that song, I'd get all the awards at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Which you'll be performing at. Which I'll be performing at. Um, no, best I, newcomer, here I come. <laughs> no, but genuinely, um, that I, th- I, I thought that was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. To t- not, I wasn't laughing at them. I was laughing at the ridiculous song you had them sing. It was yeah. so funny. Anyway. No, I think it's really odd. I like because I'm a big laugher. I'm a very loud laugher. Um, You're a great audience member. Uh, it depends on the show because I think sometimes I'm such a loud laugher I can be distracting. Do you mm. know what I mean? I think I can be that type of person where someone's at the front going like, "Why are they laughing so loud?" Uh. Um, that's I've been told that because <laughs> um, I used to like get really wheezy. I'd try to hold my laugh in, and then like at one point I was like, "Fuck everyone!" I'm going to laugh when I find something funny and. I, your show in particular, Hitman, was a great example of like theatre people are fucking stupid. Like this, <laughs> <laughs> they're so up their own ass, and it's like 
Like um, they don't. Are you talking about my first edit or my second? I uh, both both versions. Mm. When I saw it, there were just these moments where it's like it was clearly a joke. I laughed not because I could see that it was a joke. I laughed because I personally found it funny. Right? Yeah. So I would laugh and I would laugh and then you feel it like people around me are like, oh, is this supposed to be funny? Okay, I'll watch it as a comedy then. And then you'd come along with like a really serious line and they'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. And not because, no, but, you know, maybe that's their reaction and I can't tell. I think I've worked myself into a philosophical corner here. But... They fucking love to like they they have their heads on so much and it's like if it's funny, mm. let yourself laugh. If it's not funny, you don't have to pretend to laugh. Mm. Just go and watch the thing. Yeah. But people they're just so like, mm. and then they'll look back at me, I'll be laughing, they'll be like, oh, oh. And then this is your show, I remember it vividly. And I'd be laughing because it was funny. And people would look back at me like, why are you laughing? This is a play. Okay. <laughs> And then someone was like, you know, you know, and then it would hit a serious bit and they'd just be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's so right. I and think like, oh, so oh, confused. Oh, I think it's a satire. <laughs> no, but that's not your fault. That's, but everyone can react how they want to react. Exactly. But I think that's born a little bit of like people thinking they have to react a certain way. If it's mm. funny, you laugh. If it's not, it's you don't. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh goodness, great show though. No, really good. Fucking so good. Yeah. Hey. Let's oh. have a let's have a tiny, very quick chat about '90s Johnny Legs in this, just to kind of clarify. Like just check in where he's at. Yeah. So this was post Luigi, mm. post Romeo and Juliet, mm. uh, pre two thousand, obviously. Um, there are definite moments in this where you got a bit of sexy, like what we would have cl- classified as sexy Luigi, mm-hmm. zero body fat, all of that. He has this really lovely little interaction with an audience member at one point when he climbs up onto a balcony and, I don't know, I think he looks hot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like he just does. He, mm-hmm, mm. he just kind of looks hot. Um, but there is a, like, a kind of cheekiness and a bit of a disheveledness in his look mm. that does not coincide with Leguizollywood mm. or that sexy Luigi phase or whatever at this point in the 90s that I thought it would have. Discuss. Um, well, look, I think it's it's so hard to know. I think we're painting a picture. We're building a tapestry right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, there's two things that he was pulling off. To talk to the sexy, there's two things he was pulling off that I wish I could pull off. One was it being a good thing that he was that sweaty. I get very sweaty on stage. He's so sweaty. I get very sweaty on stage and um, it's repulsive. Um, whereas him, I was like, yeah, okay. The other thing is um, his second outfit is like quite um, high cut shirt. And a, quite, a V-neck fitted long sleeve red shirt. Like high cut shirt. And then his pants are quite low cut. Yeah. And there's just like every time he lifts his arms, there's like not even midriff, like lower belly showing. Yeah. And I was like, there is no, no version of me. Yeah. No version, no, no dietitian. I don't want to talk too much to this sort of thing. I think it's it's a it's, it's but there is no dietitian, no personal trainer mm. that could ever get me to a place mm. 
where I would feel comfortable wearing that outfit yeah. on stage and pull like just like not even just pulling it off, feeling comfortable, yeah, but pulling it off. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I do. Hear what I you're was saying. just like, wow. So just to the sexy, I just I like, think you could if you wanted to. Yeah, you can pull off anything. And let's you know that's the, we're we're I, in the 2021. But there's this this new kind of thing now with uh, fat women where it's like, wear your bikini, honey, do it. And it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, wear your fucking bikini, do it. I have a big fupa, so I can't wear a bikini. Like, and it's not because I'm not comfortable. A fupa again. A fat upper pussy area. <laughs> So it's like an overhang, right? I have yeah. one of those. So if I wore a bikini, you wouldn't actually be able to see it because of my fupa. Oh, okay, yes. Um, <laughs> so, so it's not comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, which is why I still go a one piece. Look, you wear whatever you want to wear. 100%. But please don't come at me if you think that, like, oh, I reckon she's a bit insecure about her body. I'm actually not. I'm getting a lot better with it. Thank you very much. I don't want to wear a string bikini because of my fupa. <laughs> And hashtag Fupa Sisters if you're out there. Hashtag Fupa Sisters. Johnny Legs doesn't have a Fupa. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like the outfit he was wearing. I could wear it, but I have a Fupa, so it would be uncomfortable for me to. Absolutely. So it's not about a confidence thing. Yes. It's about a comfort thing. And I feel most comfortable when my Fupa is secure. <laughs> It's also a certain kind of energy, right? It's a certain kind of energy to be able to pull off that kind of look, right? I thought you meant being able to pull off a fupa. Be able to pull off a fupa. No, I was moving on from fupa, but please, you have the floor. I'm done. You can talk of fupas all you wish. I'm done. Go I, on. Um, but here's something I'll say is that energy, right? There's an energy to the uh, high-cut tee, low, low, low pants. I, I don't know what it is. I can't describe it, but there's like a, like a throw-on-the-shirt kind of, yeah. uh, like a je ne sais quoi, like a, I'll just throw on the shirt and, mm. sure, you see my tummy a little bit, whatever, yeah. uh, like an effortlessness. That we see in 2001's Spun. So there's a link <laughs> Yes, no, we do. Here, this this uh, this spun energy, the low cut. Oh my god, good! Know. Oh my god, very good, Zach. Yes, you're right. And when was spun? Two thousand one ish. Two thousand one to three. So we're seeing a direct link from from you know something that you would say is is very what we would have defined as sexy Luigi. Mm. A direct link through to Leguizolliwood here. Yeah, I think is that there is a Leguizolliwood pant line. <laughs> For sure. Like, let's confirm. Yeah. Like, and, like, yes, in Romeo and Juliet, he is wearing a vest, but Tybalt's pants also quite low. But also it's a, the energy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tybalt, on a day off, yeah. he would feel comfortable. He, oh, to the Tybalt. Oh, how sexy would Tybalt be? So- let's discuss <laughs> Tybalt on a day off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Tybalt on a day off. Is fucking hot. What is Tybalt when, when, you know, in the way that when Leo rolls out of bed mm-hmm. after fucking Juliet, yeah. you know, throws on his, his little Loose Hawaiian top, shirt. what's Tybalt's version of that? And I tell you, it's a low-cut pants yeah. and it's like, uh, it's like maybe the vest, maybe he just throws, I don't know. But vest open, open. <laughs> He's got the vest open. He's got the halter with the gun. 
because he's got her. Yeah, yeah. For protection. <laughs> but he's got his vest and it's just, it's undone. And yeah. he's just out having a cigarette with his friends at a, at a, a seaside cafe coffee place. Yeah. A little yeah. espresso. little espresso. He He's drinks a, a little espresso. little espresso and smokes about four or five cigarettes yeah. at 10 o'clock in the morning. A little espresso and coffee. Yeah. And, and and this is what I think, and I think I want to just say this, like this midriff or like lower tummy sort of energy mm. is not, it's bigger than just this. This is how I am trying to illustrate a broader energy. You can be wearing anything and still have that energy. Mm-hmm. And he has it in this show. He has it in... He has it all the way to spun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's worth noting in the mix of what era of John Leguizamo this is. Mm. Fucking great show. Great show. I wanna, I'd watch it again in a heartbeat. Probably will at some point in my life. I reckon we'll retire this podcast at some point when we've finished everything and there'll be a point like a few months after where I go, fucking miss Johnny Legs. And this is what I'll chuck on. Well, as someone, it had a very similar. I had a very similar feeling after watching the take, mm. which was that was so good, and he is so good. It was a nice reminder as to why I was so obsessed with him before we started this podcast. It was better than the take. Yes, but it had that. Ah, oh. that's just my opinion. Yeah, sorry. In I my think opinion. I might, in terms of enjoyment level, I mildly enjoyed the take more. Yeah. I don't know why. I just love something with a bit of like ah, a bit of like life, a bit of um, energy, a bit of. It's why I love him so much in 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 um, uh, Baz Luhrmann's films because mm. there's like a drive to it all, a theatrical. I know what you mean, and that's yeah. why I love this. But no, that's totally. We're comparing two of his best things. Yeah, that's true. Which is better? Which is it better? Like this and um, uh, Ice Age Three. I preferred this. Yeah, <laughs> just. Um, Leguistamos, let's just stay it together. One, two, three, five Leguistamos. And what does that mean? That means it's a Leguizamorama. And like really a Leguizamorama. A big time. A the biggest triumph. I reckon the biggest Leguizamorama, Jesus, ever, the biggest Leguizamorama we've done. Is it, is it, can I just throw this out yeah. there? It's a Leguizamorama plus. <laughs> Or were you going to give it something? Well, I was going to go more like a Leguizamorama extravaganza. A Leguizamorama extravaganza. I love that. Yeah, extravaganza. A Leguizamorama extravaganza. A Leguizamorama extravaganza plus. No, yeah. no. I don't know if we'll get many more of these. But this was most it's definitely. A real, it's a real, like, it's well, it's just like a fantastic moment in a person's career when they're That's just like. That's why I cried. Yeah. That is why I cried. And I think it's because I am way too invested in this man. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there was a genuine, even though this came out after uh, fucking Super Mario Brothers, after fucking Romeo and Juliet, there was this element of being genuinely so happy for him mm. that he had this platform, that he told this story so well and that it was just obviously su- this would have been massive. It was on Broadway. He got nominated for Tonys. Mm. Like that's fucking sick. And if you take that along with this shitty, shitty childhood he seems to have had or elements of it that were mm. pretty shit, like how fucking cool that he yeah. is where he is now and that he has a podcast about him. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking great. It's a fucking great show. Go watch it. It's so good. It's um and great inspo, I think, Mish, for your um upcoming 
So um, nice of you to bring it up. Melbourne International Comedy Festival show. I wasn't going to talk about it on the pod. I, the only reason I would say you shouldn't market it yet is you don't have a name, a venue, or... A... I have nothing. <laughs> or like, that's the thing. It's like I haven't booked anything in. I haven't even registered. I'm just in my head going, reckon I'm going to do the comedy festival. <laughs> um, so if I do it, come along. If you... I don't, please don't bring it up. <laughs> Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Go watch Freak. If you're a Leguizamo Rama fan, if you're a Leguizamo fan, if you're if you're a fan, if you're of, a Spike Lee fan, if you're a fan of feelings, if you're a fan of of love, yeah, of of complex, yeah, no, it's great. It's really good. Mm-mm. It's really really good. Um, Mish, uh, where can we find you? <laughs> On Instagram. <laughs> You can find me at, at Mish Wittrop yeah, cool. uh, and at Mish and Zach uh, Leguizamo. What about you? Uh, so I've got a podcast uh, with, with some of my friends I, call, I do uh, called uh, The Auntie Donna Podcast. Uh, we do that once a week. Mm. Um, and you can follow me at Zachary Ruane on Instagram, Twitter and now TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> what should we ask Tom to uh, Should we give him out. a week off? Uh, yeah. Why don't you close out on the um, – um, the Mission Zach's Leguizamarama theme tune. So it sounds like it we're in. starting an episode. But can you have brought it in earlier than this? Like it's now the music is building, building, yeah. building. Because that was the whole point of that music. Yeah. So it's building. We're already at, at the music right now, Tom. Yeah. And just as we like, as you're building it up, building it up, um, we both say something like, uh, thanks so much, Mish. See you next week. Bye. Peace. I hate the word. I don't. I don't. One leg, you're gonna fucking take it. Gonna play a little cornstarch. I'm my werewolf, man. Luigi Mario! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.